Hello and welcome to the second part of our podcast about the Gypsy Kings and Queens of Scotland. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it today. Let's see what else we can discover. I think it was fascinating last week. Yeah, okay. Great. Let's go. So, Mary, you were explaining there uh, the reason behind the Far Blythes uh, pitching up in, you said Yetum, between Yetum and Kirk Yetum. So, uh, let's move things on from there. So, they do have an impact and influence on life here in the Scottish borders. Absolutely, yes. Scottish borders and Northumberland. Uh-huh. Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um, and, of course, remember, these are descendants. So remember Johnny Farr. Yeah. That, that you know, King James IV was, was talking about. I mean, there's a lot of periods where we don't have note of them, partly because the records aren't there, but partly because they are nomadic people. Yeah. You know, so they're not going to be in tax lists. They're not going to be in census-type lists, you know. Um, so, and as I say, the 17th century, they're all hiding. They're not daft. You've given a new meaning <laughs> to freedom of movement and invisibility. I'll oh, tell absolutely. You. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, once I said, the next big note we have is actually in the 19th century. Oh, it's right. uh, 1847. We've got William Farr II, and he is King of the Gypsies, and that's what he calls himself. He calls himself not King of the Romans or the Earl of Little Egypt. He calls himself King of the Gypsies. Okay, that's important. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's interesting when when he dies, um, the local newspapers are all over it, and it's entitled "Death of the Gypsy King." And in, in his obituary or in the, in the newspaper, they actually say that, you know, he was well thought of amongst his people, but he boasted of never having been in prison in his life. And that's going back to that old prejudice about gypsies being thieves. And he's saying, see, I wasn't a thief. I was never in prison my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that people pick up on that. But the funeral was massive. I mean, there were people appear from all over the so place. So during this ceremony, the, 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 it's not just Romany or Gypsy people who are there. There are people from all walks of there life. Are, there are people there from all walks of life. A lot of borders people, a lot of people coming up from Northumberland. But obviously, right. Roma people from right the way across mm-hmm. um, Britain and across, especially in the low countries. And interestingly, up in Finland, and you can explain this one to me, wow that the language spoken by the Roma people in Finland and the language spoken by the Roma people in Scotland is almost identical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, is, which is a curious, a curious uh-huh. point to note. But yeah, so there are folk all over that come and, and you know, mourn the loss of their great king. And, and did, did this dynasty here, did, did they have coronations in the sense we might understand. Oh, yes, they, they absolutely they, did. They did, yeah. And they would yeah. be crowned by the local minister. They were crowned ah, by the minister of right, Kirkettum. Right. Yes, and there was a full ceremony, and they were in ceremonial robes, and, of course, they lived in the Gypsy Palace, which is still there, mm-hmm. which was in Gypsy Row, which is still there. Uh-huh. Um, so, yes, and, and people would come and they would pay homage. Um, now, William Farr II didn't have any children, so his crown passes to his, let me look at this right, his sister's husband, who's a Blythe. And then when he dies, it passes to his daughter, Esther Fablythe, and she is Queen of the Gypsies. And she was well known for being uh, a great fortune teller. And mm-hmm. of course, this is one of the tropes, of course, with, with Roma people, but she's a great fortune yeah, teller. Yeah. And people come from far and wide to see her. And she is, you know, she is one of the top ones. She's, she knows that she doesn't travel as much 
although she's quite elderly by the time she gets the ground, she doesn't travel, but a lot of people travel to see her. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, she dies, her son, Charles Rutherford, gets the crown. He dies about 1902, and nobody claimed the crown, interestingly. Mm. Nobody seems to claim the crown at that point, although there are people who have traced a possible queen who is currently living in Edinburgh, but she has never lifted the crown. And so the Fab Lythe dynasty seems to have sort of petered out in Scotland. Although, as I said earlier, remember the Covenanters that got sent to Virginia in America? Yeah. There we have our American connection. Mm. Before we move on to that, because I'm fascinated to see where you're going with this, Gypsy Rose Lee, fortune teller, the fairground. <laughs> yes. Interestingly enough, by coincidence, yesterday I was working with a student who has problems with the going to future. Okay. And I was suggesting to her that she could use some uh, lexical f- phrases uh, that we often use in English. And one of them was that something is on the cards, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is coming from fortune telling and, uh-huh, and uh, yeah. the tarot. Yeah. Um, so all very interesting. American connections. Now, I pitched up in, in Virginia one day when I lived in the States and saw Highland Games going on with people <laughs> tossing the cable. So what's the American connection you're alluding to here? There is a very famous, rich American man who is a Fab Lies. Um, are we the playing Lies Give Us a Clue here? Or? Yeah, Give Us a Clue. Okay, um, he's what? still alive. He's still alive, okay. He's from the south of America. I Uh, think. Oh, flip, here we are. And he is very powerful and was once the most powerful man in the world. Are we by any chance talking Little Rock, Arkansas? Are we? Is that where he's from? I think we might be. Are we talking an ex? I'm never sure if we say ex-president or just president. I'm not sure. Indeed, we are talking about President Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton's father was a fab lies. My word. And Bill Clinton has never denied his Roma heritage. Ah. He's quite proud of his well, Roma I'll heritage. Well, I give him credit for that. Uh, Indeed. And yeah. he is a fab lies. He is, he is a, a Scottish Roma in, in true descent. So what's on his birth certificate is the question I must ask you. On his birth certificate is fab lies, but his father was also married to <clears throat> several ladies at the same time. And so wasn't properly <laughs> married to his mum. So his mother married a man called Clinton, and that's where he took the name. But his birth father is Fab Lies of Scottish descent, who may or may not be descended from one of those Covenanter gypsies that was sent over as oh, a wow. slave. Wow. Now, you mentioned that he has never denied that. Yeah, he's never denied it. Uh, I went to school with Gordon Brown. Uh, right. Has he... <laughs> Has he ever traded on that? Mm, not that I'm aware of. No, but it's it's there. It's there. A matter yeah, of record. Yeah, you know, it's a matter of record, and he's, he's you know he's mentioned it a few times. He's not you know gone on and on about it as far as I'm aware. But no. yeah, he's yeah. to his credit. Exactly. Oh, I think that'll 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 yeah. please a lot of our uh, or intrigue a lot of our American listeners. Then. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'd come over and claim the throne, <laughs> claim to be the king of the gypsies. But you see, if he did that, there would be a rival to him, because remember, the Fab Lies aren't the only royal family; they aren't their only royal dynasty. We have the Marshals. We have the Marshals. Yeah. And the Marshals are just great fun. The Marshals are. <laughs> 
the same time as the Fab Lads, and one of the be- the best one is Billy Marshall. Billy Marshall was nine foot tall and lived for 120 years. He's fantastic, Billy Marshall. I want more Billy Marshalls in the world. Yeah. He was known as the Caird of Berulian, and Caird means a really skillful uh-huh. gypsy. He was from the Berulian, he, we think he was from the Berulian part of Dumfries and Galloway, although he was frequently over on the borders just to annoy the Fab Lides if he could. <laughs> he was known as King of the Randies. And a randy is a, just exactly what you think it means, a macho virile man. I was going to say, is that what it, yep, it's that's same exactly as it means now? exactly what yeah, it means. Yeah. Billy Marshall was great fun. Billy Marshall <laughs> used to join the army several times over and then desert. And then he would join the navy several times over. But of course, before modern phones and whatever, he would join the army and say, Dumfries, take the king's shilling, because mm-hmm. you got paid in advance. He'd have a couple of weeks of eating army food, then he'd steal everything he could and desert. And then he'd pitch up in Moffat and do the same. And then he'd pitch up in Gala Shields and do the same. And then when he was finished with the army, he used to do it in the Navy. He was a hoot and a half. I like Billy Marshall. I like this guy. He's a good guy. Sounds like a guy who could out Vladimir Putin. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> he was a bare-knuckle boxer. Yeah. Now, I don't know anything about boxing, so I had to look this up. But you know when you see a big boxing glove, it's all, you know, a big puffy thing. It's all padding, obviously. I thought that was to protect the person who was being punched. And it is slightly, but it's also to protect the person that's doing the punching. Because yeah. apparently it's really easy to break your hand. So if you're a bare knuckle boxer, you have to be really skillful yep. to be able to punch your opponent but not break your own hand. And Billy Marshall did. Billy Marshall made a fortune on side betting. Then when he wasn't doing that, um, have you heard of the Rebecca riots? I'm afraid not. Oh, the Rebecca Wrights are, are great fun. Okay. In the 18th and 19th centuries, lots of unscrupulous landlords thought that they would make as much money as they could by putting toll gates across roads. Ah, now, they were supposed yeah. to take the money and improve the roads, but they didn't. And what mm. they did was it would cost you a shilling to take your cart to market and these sorts of things. Yeah. And people complained. And a series of riots rose up where men would periodically dress as women and come and steal the gates away. And they were known as the Rebecca riots because mm-hmm. Rebecca in the Bible possessed the gates of her oppressors. Yes. So they were known as the Rebecca riots. Well, we had a slightly different version up mm-hmm. in the Scottish borders and in Fraser and Galloway where Billy would pitch up. And what would happen is you'd have the gate with the gate posts and you'd have a little house at the side where a local guy would be the toll taker. Mm-hmm. So Billy and his mates would turn up in the middle of the night looking as fierce as they possibly could drag the poor toll taker out his bed, threaten him with violence, duff him up, burn the thatch on his roof, and they'd always do this in the winter, and you cannot sleep out in a Scottish border's winter, so he'd have no roof in his house. They'd then take the gates and burn them, but crucially they would take away the gate posts. Because obviously if you just take away the gate, then somebody can put another gate on. And he would do this, and he would do it for money. So if you had a particularly unscrupulous landlord in your area... You would send word out to Billy Marshall and he would come and rescue you for this. So Billy Marshall was a great guy. He's actually buried in St Cuthbert's graveyard in Kirkubri. And on his gravestone there are what look like possibly two cross ram's horns, Mm. which might be that he was, excuse me, born under the sign of Aries and was a ram, a a strong man. Yeah, Yeah, But crossing the horns might be the sort of you can't really fight with cross horns, so it might be that the in the Roma community there's a toast to say 
may war never be among us. And so you might fight outsiders, but you don't fight amongst yourselves. Right. But the other thing might just be that, that ah, spoons, right. you know, horn spoons were made by a lot of, of yeah. Roma people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that's Billy Marshall. And as I say, the Marshall clan, they haven't quite claimed uh, the throne as yet. But interestingly, in the 1950s, we're back in America, um, and I'm going to pronounce this name incorrectly, I know I am, Aeneas Neen was, she was a great diarist. Aeneas Neen? Aeneas Neen, yes. Yes, you really know Aeneas Neen. And she was in hospital in Los Angeles in the 1950s, having some sort of surgery. And she sort of apparently after the surgery, she's, you know, looking out onto the hospital, lovely hospital grounds. And there were all these people coming and camping in the hospital grounds. And then she would watch the, the, the hospital would send out porters and, you know, security mm. guards to clear them. And they came back and they'd go away and come back. And this went on for days. And apparently the king of the gypsies was in the hospital having surgery. And because, of course, you might possibly die if you have surgeries, if the king is about to die, then you have to go and be near the king in case he has to die. Mm. And apparently this was the Scottish king of the gypsies. In the 1950s. Oh, wow. So I'm not quite sure where that goes or who that is, but, you know, I mean, the the legacy we have in the south of Scotland is is massive. Hmm? We talked about Gypsy Row, but if you think about it, there's Gypsy Bray in Edinburgh. And yeah. every Easter, yeah. the Roma come and they put up a tent and they celebrate Easter every year in Gypsy Bray, still in Edinburgh to this day. And... Who knows, maybe the king or the queen of the gypsies is there. I have no way of knowing. Mm. But there's certainly, there isn't the still, there isn't such a strong Roma community in the borders anymore. Most of the Roma are in um, Glasgow or Edinburgh, but they tend to be newer immigrants. But uh, yeah, so. the, old, the old Roma community, yeah, it's it's faded away, if you like. Yeah, but for that fascinating, Mary, because for centuries there's this great legitimacy about about them here in Scotland. Yeah. Yet today, I feel we have a, a a mismatch of of references for people. We 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 often hear travelling people, new age travellers. Uh, we we hear about Romani people. Yeah. We hear about gypsies. Yeah. It it it's a very diverse landscape. Yes. Now. Yes. Yes. And I think you've put your finger well on 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 the origins and and the 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 story behind. Yes, uh, and I think people. that I mean the true Roma people. I mean, th- they still face prejudice right the way across yeah. Europe, and that includes yeah. Scotland. Um, and I think I th- I'm not trying to put words on it. I think they're a little dismissive of, shall we say, the New Age travelling community. I, I should <laughs> imagine so without getting involved. <laughs> um, but I think there is, there is a slight divide, I think, between the the newer Roma immigrants that we've seen in Scotland in the past, say, 10 years and the existing Roma community. Um, there still seems to be, because the, the newer Roma community, as I say, are very settled um, they're living in Glasgow, they're living in, in Edinburgh, they're not yeah. using that nomadic lifestyle. No. Um, no. But one thing I do find really curious is the fact that we've always had the nomadic peoples in Scotland. Yeah. People moved with the seasons. You might be dry staying diking on one farm and then you might be lambing exactly. in another. Exactly. You know, you go where the work is. Yeah. And I find it really curious 
that lots of rural communities, which Europe was until very, very recently, yeah. the people were pretty mobile. Yes, I know in feudal times you couldn't move off the land, but the land could stretch for miles. You know, if you're on the estate of the Duke of Buccleuch, it's a fair old stretch <laughs> of land. You may have been tied, but have you seen the size of some of these estates? Exactly. <laughs> and yet when yeah. the Roma come, we really don't like them for it. And uh -huh. that really unsettles us, which I find a curious point. It, it, it is curious. And you, you also have some commentators on cultural phenomena will come out with the Scots and the Irish are great travellers, mm. as if this was somehow a inherent cultural thing. It's not. It's, it, it, it's a question of their relationship with the land they lived in, yeah. and the people who perhaps uh, controlled their existence in a sense, you know. When you have to leave your land for an, an economic or other reason, that's not per se the sign of a great traveller. Yeah, it's interesting that we think of the Highland Clearances as this great romantic tragedy that happened, and yeah. the Lowland Clearances, which mm -hmm. everybody forgets about, People forget. or yeah. the Irish Famine. Yeah. These were political acts. Absolutely. Yeah. The reason the Roma people started travelling between the 6th and 11th <coughs> centuries was exactly the same. They were yeah. getting moved off yeah. their land. They were not nomadic from this. I mean, all the human beings started off as hunter-gatherers. But once we'd stopped gathering, we started farming, we settled down. Some people started settling down before others, but more or less we all did the same thing. Yeah. And yet, for the Roma people, we don't give them that romance, we don't give Absolutely. them that, that, you know, we look at it and we think it's suspicious and we're not sure about it and we equate them with thieves. Yeah. And even when you think of the literature, you know, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know, things like <laughs> yeah. that, the yeah. Thieves yeah. Guild and all these different things that they they always get lumped in and it's mm -hmm. it's an unusual one and it's I don't know why it seems to have stuck with Roma people. Yeah. It really seems to have stuck with them and it's such a shame. Yeah. You know, and we're we're very dismissive of them yeah. when we ourselves are a hop, skip and a jump away from being nomadic. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mary, thank you very much. We I started this with biscuits. <laughs> but I think you have very successfully pulled all those crumbs together <laughs> and oh, given us line. a perfectly shaped biscuit <laughs> telling the story of the Romany or Gypsy kings and queens of Scotland. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Restless, roving soul, needing, reaching, grasping, aching, asking. Anxious, impatient since birth, my soul is a gypsy wandering the earth.